everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We're back again for episode number 14 and I'm glad that I can be here this week and it's not just you that's joining us. I've had a uh, an episode off but I'm back again for your listening pleasure and of course as always I'm joined by a whole bunch of beans. So tonight we have the full crew, the whole whole bag of beans. They're all here tonight and uh, we're going to start off with saying good day to Chewy. How you going Chew? Rip Oko. <laughs> yes, yes, we'll be definitely getting into that at some point tonight. Uh, we also have Cracker on the line. How you going, Cracker? Good, mate. Glad you're back. Yeah, thank you very much. And I must say, you did a cracking job hosting oh. the show last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to take over running the show again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been demoted already. Uh, we also have uh, the Blaster Boy, Scott. How are you going? Evening all. And uh, Shorty, are you wearing a fez and a bow tie? I am, and that is all I am wearing. But Excellent. we will not talk about where that bow tie is tied around. That's, that's, <laughs> this is a PG podcast. Oh, uh, used to be. <laughs> yeah, used to be, no longer. <laughs> we also have, returning after a quite a long absence, we have Chris. How are you going, Chris? I'm doing well. Hello, strangers. Welcome back. <laughs> Hello. It's, uh, it's glad to hear you again. We've been missing you for quite a number of casts. You've been pretty busy with some other stuff, but you're back again, and we'll definitely be having a chat to you a bit later on the cast about uh, yeah, some good things you're getting into in the next couple of weeks. So, Yep, exciting we, couple of weeks ahead. Yes, yes. Well, it's been a very exciting couple of weeks in Magic uh, in general, the last couple of weeks since we last recorded our episode, and the next couple of weeks are going to be exciting as well. So normally this time of the year it gets a little bit quiet with, with Magic news and you know there's no sets coming out till next year, but... Wizards is doing a, a really good job of <laughs> keeping things going and overloading us with information. So we have a very packed episode for you and we'll try and push through it all and get it all done for you tonight. So we'll kick off this week's episode with our usual blaster watch. So Scott, how you been going? I know you, you had a little bit of a break from playing that much on Arena, but I think you sort of jumped back in and where did you end up? What deck did you decide to play? Did you branch out or have you gone back uh, to your roots? No, I, I've branched out a little bit. I, I'm still on the red, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I thought you were going to say what branching out means. <laughs> no, it, it, not really, but I have moved away a little bit from my fireball type system that I follow. Um, <laughs> Shorty actually posted a- It's a way of a, life. <laughs> it is, Shorty posted a deck on, uh, on Discord a few weeks ago, which I decided, oh, well, I'll go and have a look at that. And he sort of recommended I, I give this a shot. And it was- a bit different to what I'm used to because I'm used to like firing your face, get them out as quickly as you can, and, and hopefully end the game within you know three or four turns. This was more of a thinking man sort of deck. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> on, on a arena, thinking man's mono red deck. Yeah, yeah thinking man mono red deck. <laughs> it lasts for six turns rather than four. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, I just called it Shorty's deck because I had no idea where you got it from or if it I actually made does it up. Have a completely name. built you it from ma- scratch. Oh, well done because I actually liked it. It's um. What I liked about this deck was it had um, a couple of cards in there which I'm not used to playing. Um, like I had some of my favourite cards in there. But um, I think it had – the one that I really liked the most was the Experimental Frenzy, mm-hmm. um, which is great if, if I've already got four or five – if my mana pool's pretty pretty healthy and I've got four or five uh, mountains down already, um, but my hand is, is lacking, I can whack that uh, enchantment down and it allows me just to play cards from the deck, but I can't play cards from my hand. So yeah. if my hand is, is lacking, and, but my deck is strong, well, then I can keep putting out as many cards from my deck until I've used up that mana. And it's a great way to build up your, your, your creatures and get your creatures down. Um, but I also like the fact this deck has it's got your, your typical street dodger, your ginger brute, all that sort of stuff, which is great. But then it's got uh, the Rimrock Knight, um, yeah. which I use the adventure part of that to give uh, one of my ginger brute or my dodger a plus two because they've got haste. Um, and then if I'm lucky enough, I've also got the Bone Crusher Giant to put down as well. Um, and when he goes down, he does two damage to any target, uh, which then allows me to use Light of the Stage or Skew the Critics. So yep. it sort of gives you um, a little bit more options, I suppose, than what I'm used to as far as just throwing fireballs at people. Did you did you manage to get the 
runaway steam kin on the battlefield with the experimental frenzy and just start Ooh, chaining baby. spells yes. off, the, off the top of your deck. <laughs> yes, I did. I did that once. I managed to get that. It was a it was a great little game. And um, the, not and for again, your opponent. <laughs> no, they, they they conceded pretty quickly. After that. <laughs> Scott, true but, to form. Yeah. yeah, I'm not having a good game unless I concede after turn three. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Chewie and I played a lot of mono red uh, with that uh, similar build with the experimental frenzy and the steam kin that sort of thing in the previous standard so mm. we definitely had a, a lot of very fun games playing I'm that just but sitting here listening to scott with a massive smile on my face just going <laughs> i feel you man that's so good <laughs> yeah except for when you get those frustrating moments where the top of your library just supplies you with either more experimental frenzies or multiple lands in a row and you yep. just do nothing for three or four turns that when, only ever happens when, when, when your the game's on in three the balance or- yeah yeah <laughs> You just need one burn spell and all you can get is experimental frenzies and lands off the top of your library. I mean, you're only playing 18 burn spells. Why would you expect you're going to hit one? Yeah, well, we're yeah. playing 18 mm. lands too, so yeah. of course it's, <laughs> yeah, it's 15 lands, right? No, 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 no. You're going to hit like lands 80% of the time, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how it works. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't running low on mana, that's for sure. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, it was it was great. And, and like I said before, when you had those moments where you did have enough mana down, but your hand was a bit poor and you had an experimental frenzy, you were laughing because you just spend the next two turns putting out a bunch of creatures and you're right to go. Uh, the next turn, you just destroy your um, experimental frenzy and and you're right for yeah, the Yeah, you got the a next hand, handful of cards. Yeah, what exactly. I love about that that co- that particular synergy with the Steamkin and the Frenzy is you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a mono-red aggressive deck. I'm going to like kill your creature and attack and I've got this hasty guy and I'm going to throw this burn spell at your face. And then you're like, oh, now I'm a combo deck. And, and that's pretty fun. Like, I, yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah, well, it, it gives the, the mono red decks like what a term that's called reach, which is the ability to survive into the late stages of a game and then actually close the game out and kill people. Whereas your like your common really aggressive mono red decks or even just other color really aggressive low to the ground decks, often if you haven't won the game by turn four, you've got no chance of winning. Yeah, so, they're a bit one dimensional. Yeah, yeah. So that and as yeah, very very fun deck to play. It, like. I'd recommend you playing a bit more with that deck, and I wouldn't mind actually uh, sitting down and playing a, a deck like that with you in person, Scott, because there's actually mm. a lot of little finesse things that you can do, especially with Experimental Frenzy and light up the stage and sort of maximising getting the counters on, on your runaway steamkins and things like that, and, and it really sort of teaches you how to – uh, like it teaches you about things like priority, being able to um, hold priority when you cast a spell to cast another spell, and, and different things like that. So mm. it's a, it's it's a simple deck to play on, on its face value, but there's a a lot of depth that you can actually get into with it. So yeah, upkeep stops to use instants off the yeah, top of your yeah. deck before you yep. draw them into your hand. I want to do a video now. Yeah. Well, like I, like I said, it, it's a thinking man in your face deck, so yes. <laughs> it works yeah. well. But so, then, thinking which yeah. bolt to throw in your face. <laughs> and then obviously to destroy my Christmas, um, Shorty suggested I take the blue challenge. Yeah. Uh, and so I had a quick look at that deck, which he's suggesting I play, which is lots of flash, adapt, tapping your opponent and counter spells, and it's all blue. Yeah. So, so I, don't, I don't know what you're thinking, man. It's well, just- <laughs> Speaking we'll of the thinking little- man deck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something we'll get into a little bit later is that uh, the standard format has had some massive changes, as, as Chewie alluded to at the start of the episode. But what it's led to is opening up the format so you can actually play other decks at the moment. And for you, Scott, there's this mono blue deck that's really cheap to build on Arena. Well, I'll put the, the deck list in the, the episode uh, notes this week. It's really cheap to build on Arena, hardly any rares, mostly commons and uncommons, that sort of thing. So it's e- quick and easy to build, but it's a completely different deck to what you've been playing. You're playing pretty much everything in your opponent's turn rather than playing it in your turn. And, it, it uh, you know, you'll have to learn when to hold up counter spells, when to cast your creatures and things like that. So, yeah, I've, I've put the challenge out there for you, for Scott. Um, you know, you don't have to play it in the next two weeks, but at some point in the next month or so, it'd be good to see you branching out, as you said, you you think you've been doing, <laughs> branching out into other directions of red. I would like to have seen a cavalcade in there somewhere, but I know it's not, it's not really going to fit, is it? <laughs> no, I don't think you can cast that one. But yeah, it'd be good, good for... Uh, you know, a learning experience for you, and then you can sort of report back to us and, and let us know how you went playing something mm. totally different, a little bit sort of out of out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So you, no, you are up for the challenge? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll have a look at it this week. Yeah, good. 
Cool. And, and um, yeah, maybe we can uh, organise, like we sort of mentioned when we first started this podcast, getting getting you playing with a couple of us on the line while we were, while you're playing and we can sort of coach you through um, some play lines and that sort of stuff and put a, put a video together. Yeah, it might be, be awesome. might be something we can look at over the Christmas break when we've actually got some time off. So well, we'll I'm see hoping how we to um, create a couple of paper decks out of the one that you posted, the red deck, but also yep. my cavalcade deck. But, you know, if I can branch into something a little bit different like this, which is totally different to what I'm normally used to playing, um, all, that's all the better. Yep. That's all the better for the experience. Cool. So. Well, yeah, like, like I said, I'll put the the deck list up on the show notes um, for the, the mono blue deck and also the mono red deck that you've been playing. So if you're listening out there and, you know, you're just getting into Arena or you've been on there for a little while but you, you don't really know what to play or you don't want to commit your all your wild cards or you may not have many wild cards, then these are a couple of good decks to get into that will win you games on the ladder. They're good competitive decks and, and they're good to learn from. So, yeah, make sure you check those out. Speaking of deck lists, as we mentioned on the previous podcast, we had a Mythic Championship that was getting played. So, uh, Cracker, do you want to uh, give us a bit of a rundown on the uh, Mythic Champion 6 slash Oko mm-hmm. Championship slash food? <laughs> sure. Show <laughs> the Oko so, so, basically, it's known as Forest of the Best card in Magic now, apparently. Uh, yeah, that's it. Everyone just played green decks. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of overwhelming the the way that uh, that happened. Hang on, I'm just grabbing the deck list now. Basically, um, yeah, as as uh, <clears throat> as Shorty was saying, the the meta game was made up of seventy percent uh, Oko decks. So uh, Oko Thief of Crowns, which has now been banned as of Monday this week, um, had been identified by everyone at the last Mythic Championship that it was the best thing to do and lo and behold it was the best thing to do so we had mm, let's read the top eight simic food simic food simic food salty food golgari adventure salty food salty food selesnia adventure <laughs> so there were very, six very food decks yeah 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 absolutely let's not forget that salty is just simic with a couple of black cards in there as well yeah so um so it was all, all green decks all green decks uh, all uh, playing I, once I upon a time. Something right? that's also worth doing here um, is having a look at the other decks at the top. Like you've stopped oh, at sure. eight, but like nine: Simic Food, Simic Food, Bant Food, Bant Food, Gruel Adventure, John Sacrifice, Simic Flash, Simic Food, Simic Food, Simic Food, Simic Food, Simic Food, Simic food Simic, and you know, yeah. So <laughs> stuck, stuck in a loop there. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, the, it's ridiculous. Like we look back at things like. Eldrazi Winter and um, Skull Clamp and things like that. And uh, we, you know, those those broken cards and terrible formats that were just dominated by these busted cards. Um, and I, we're going to look back at this at the, the same way. And it's going to be like, oh, there's Oko. <laughs> it's, it's the Oko deck again. So, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, We'll look back at it in the same light, I guess. Like, it's it's in that same bucket now as Eldrazi Temple and Skullclamp and Ravager Affinity and, you know, whatever else, you know, comes to mind. So, yeah. So, interesting thing, though. I actually sat down and I got to watch a bit of the MC and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, like, I, w- I watched the, quite a bit of it and I, co- I quite the, enjoyed it as well. The games were, like, sure... There were a lot of mirrors because there were some stats tweeted out that like 44% of every game that was played at the Mythic Championship was going to be a mirror. So that's not like one deck is Saltai Food or, or Simic Food. They are both a food deck, right? So like, yeah, it, some insane amount of matches were going to be, you know, mirror matches. So um, it was inevitable that there was going to be a lot of it on camera, but... They're actually really interesting matches to watch. Like, sometimes they would just go, you know, Gilded Goose, turn one, Oko, turn two, Nissa, turn three, game over, right? But the games that didn't go like that were really, like, some high-level play. They were really complicated. And, and know, they watching- went forever. I mean, they did. Well, some of them did, yeah. Some of the well, games- It was the most number the of finals. draws for, like, 20 yes. years or something, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, watching, like, you know- Paul Vida, Domino Rosa, who came second, pilot a deck like that with his level of skill is just uh, awe-inspiring because you just look at the what you, we have perfect information, right? You've got 
two people doing commentary talking about everything that's going on. One of them is usually an ex-pro or current pro who's just, you know, commentating and they still don't see the lines that he does and he's playing like four turns out and just his his understanding of the game is just amazing. Like you just go, oh, right. I would never have, like you could sit me down for, you know, six months and I would never reach that conclusion. Yeah, so, so, so much of the, the, especially the mirrors came down to... Yeah planning ahead and going, okay, in two turns, I want to be able to kill your Oko or cut you off of how much food you've got or, or whatever it is, but having a clear plan and, and making attacks and casting the right spells so that in two or three turns, you can achieve what you're trying to achieve. And I was talking to uh, my wife about this sort of stuff and it's like, I, I just can't think like that. <laughs> that's not no. how my brain works. Uh, and that's I'm what just separates. I'm tricks, man, let alone thinking oh, yeah. multiple turns in advance. Like, I, I, wait, in in my mogul cool match again? this week, I, I accidentally passed my turn. I skipped a whole turn. <laughs> Noobs. Uh, yeah, I, that, and that's what separates those guys at that level from yeah. us, plebs. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, like, don't, I, don't know what admittedly, I wouldn't want to see that ever again. Like, I don't want to sit down and go, ooh, 70% Oko again. Here we go, baby. Let's let's watch another six hours of this. But as like a one-time thing, I, I actually found it quite interesting. Yeah. Like like I said, the, the matches were really tight. They were, it was really impressive gameplay, really good games to watch. But that that percentage of a metagame and, and not like you can understand if, if there's a a deck at a Pro Tour or Mythic Championship that's very highly represented, you know, 30% of the meta, that sort of thing, that's fine. As long as in real life, like the the meta that you're playing on the ladder and that sort of thing is a bit more diverse. But when all you see, like when you're playing on the ladder, is the same deck and you get in the same mirrors, that sort of thing, it's, yeah, it's it's not good. And when you're up to 70% of, of a meta game being... Not the same exact same deck, but built around the same card. That's well. Is this this like anybody. a core engine for all those decks? Right, they were all playing Gilded Goose. Once upon a time, Oko, Nissa, um, Wicked Wolf. I think they were all playing. Yeah. And Hydro so there Crisis. Was this, yeah, a lot of them were playing Hydro Crisis as well. And then it was just like, are you playing Aether Gusts or are you playing? Or what's Not the just grass. That's the one. It was yep. basically the only difference between like the Saltai lists and the the Simic lists. So. Yeah, so we've ended up in in a bit of a a bit of a meta where similar to when we were having the Hogak issues, where people were starting to play Leyline of the Void and other graveyard hate in their main deck. We were seeing in standard all of these uh, hate cards, so your your Ether Gust and your Noxious Grass, which are they, they should be sideboard cards. They're not meant for main deck play. People are playing multiples of them in their main decks because they know I'm going to face the mirror so much of the time. So these cards are actually going to be useful. Well, according so. to Goldfish, according to Goldfish, over fifty five percent of decks were main decking Noxious Noxious Grasp. Yeah, like, that's like so. No, the Noxious is Grasp sick. is a yeah, that's one and crazy. a blank instant destroy target yep. planeswalker or creature that's green or white. Green or yeah, green or green white. Green or white, and you gain a life. So it's it's mainly targeting Oko. Yeah, it's the epitome of a sideboard card. But when you've got turn two Oko, turn three Nissa, a, a two mana answer to to those cards is what you need. And if it's a dead card in you know forty percent of the matchups, you accept that because it's a uh, in in sixty percent of the matchups or seventy percent of the matchups, whatever it is that whatever the representation of Oko was, then. You just have to play it, and yeah. that's kind of that's one of the red flags that there's something wrong, right? Yes, definitely. There were yeah. some other sweet decks that were shown on camera, which was pretty cool. the The Jund Sacrifice deck was I've been, pretty. I've been playing that deck. Pretty sweet. So it's playing one of the Brawl Commanders, Corvold, I think it is. Yep. And so he's a five mana four four. When he enters the battlefield, you sacrifice a card, uh, and you you sacrifice a permanent, draw a card. And he gets a plus one, plus one counter. Yeah, he flies so, too, did you say? Yeah, yeah. 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 Every, every time he attacks. Every time you, you attack can, as well. You can sack, it, sack another permanent. Well, Any time that you sacrifice a permanent though. So, if you use like um, Fabled Passage. Yep. Witch's Oven. Yeah. Yep. So, there was three sweet games sacrifice I saw food. around that. And it's got the Cauldron Familiar and the- Witch's Oven. Yeah, uh, Witch's Oven thing. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, I've, and I've been playing- as well. Yeah, I've, I've been playing- So, my last few matches on Mogul- um, I played the one I'll play tonight will likely be the Jund Sacrifice. I've played just the green black sacrifice, 
deck. I've played like Soltai and Simic and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, that, that engine of Cauldron Familiar, Witch's Oven, Trail of Crumbs is really, really powerful. So the Cauldron Familiar is a, a black, it's a cat. So they call it cat, the cat oven combo. Um, he's just a black, black for a one, one. Uh, when he enters a battlefield, each opponent loses one life, you gain one life. And then he has an ability where you can, play it from your graveyard by sacrificing a food. The Witch's Oven is a, an artifact for one mana that you can tap, sacrifice a creature, uh, and you get a food. And if, it, if the creature's power is four or more, you get two foods instead. So with that, you can have your cat on the battlefield. You can tap your Witch's Oven, sacrifice your cat, goes to your graveyard, you get a food, you sacrifice the food to bring your cat back from your graveyard to the battlefield and your opponent loses one life and you gain one life. So it's it's a it's an engine, it's a it's a win condition just in that it's slow but Very it will, slow. it will yeah, it will win you the game. The cat can you, attack, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, the cat can attack and people don't want to block it cuz they don't want it to die. <laughs> they don't <laughs> want it a free way of getting it to your graveyard. Uh, the trail of crumbs is is the the engine that keeps the whole deck going by by giving you the sort of card advantage and card draw. It's one and a green for an enchantment. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you get a food, and whenever you sacrifice a food, you can pay one mana, and if you do, you draw a card. So, for one mana, you can tap your witch's oven, sacrifice your cat, goes in your graveyard, you sacrifice the food for your cat to bring your cat back, your opponent loses one life, you gain one life, you pay one mana for your trail of crumbs, and you draw a card. And that's that's an engine that you just do every turn. And if you have multiple And God cats, forbid if you've got Corvold on the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got Corvold on the field or the, what the Jun versions are playing with, the Mayhem Devils. So every time you sacrifice a permanent, uh, it deals one damage to any target. So you're sacrificing- Mid- Midnight Reaper lets you draw a bunch of cards. Yeah, yep, you're sacrificing a food. So there's a trigger. You're sacrificing the cat. There's another trigger. If you've got multiple cats, multiple ovens, multiple trail of crumbs, it's it steamrolls pretty quickly and it, it really grinds- for a very long time, so yeah. So that's, Scott, that's a cool deck. Are, are you now interested in putting cats in ovens instead of <laughs> playing instead of playing little blue flash dudes? Yeah, I think I actually played against a deck like that the other day uh, with uh, Shorty's deck, and yep. that that cat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very annoying. There's oh, a lot of just, a lot of life gain. It's not good for a red mage. No, I, I think I think that one I just gave up. I just thought, nah. I think R- Rhonda was watching me play that one at the time, and she goes, "I, I think you're going to lose this." I said, oh, "I think I will." But we had, there was a bit of a discussion on our Facebook group with with Jed. He was asking about the cat. Like, you know, yeah. he's, he's a bit of an inexperienced yeah. magic player. He didn't quite understand the the intricacies of how combat works. But his opponent was blocking his creature with the cat, and then he would sacrifice the cat and then bring it back again. And and he's he couldn't understand why the damage wasn't getting through. And he was getting yeah. a bit salty. <laughs> he was he was a little bit. <laughs> so. Yeah, any other spice from the uh, the Mythic Championship? I guess it probably doesn't really – it's not really that relevant anymore. We probably want to move on into our next topic. But I think we can all agree the next topic was we all saw coming. So, Chris, do you want to give us a bit of a rundown on the ban and restricted announcement that came out on Monday? Yeah, so Monday uh, this week we had a banned and restricted announcement um, and – I'll start with the least relevant stuff because we're probably not going to talk about that. Uh, we had Narset Parter Avails ban in Vintage. Uh, restricted. Renin, uh, restricted, sorry, in Vintage. Uh, Renin 6 banned in Legacy. Uh, Oko Thief of Crowns banned in Brawl. Uh, and then we come to Standard and we've got more than one banning. We've got Oko Thief of Crowns. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, Veil of Summer was banned as well, uh, along with Once Upon a Time. So, all the green cards. <laughs> out. Somebody decided green should no longer be the best colour. Yeah. I, I mean, going back to the, the deck list from the MC, I'm pretty sure, like, every deck in the top 16 played Once Upon a Time. Like, yes. I don't think there was a deck that yeah, didn't so. play it. Um, so, like, that's just crazy. <laughs> um, and that the consistency that that card brings, along with the London Mulligan created it like it creates very homogenous games yeah um, I, don't, I don't know so. how much you guys have how many once upon a times you guys have cast but 
yeah, it, I've, I've been playing green for the last month or whatever. And so all of the decks I've played have had once upon a time. And it is, it's ridiculous. You, you look at an opening hand, and you're like, yeah, all I need is a forest or a green source. I've got everything else I need. I just need a forest. I've got a once, in, once upon a time. Cool. All right. Well, I'll draw my card. No, that's not a forest. Cast my once upon a time for free. Oh, look, there's a, a green source. Cool. And I'm off to the races. It's just, yeah, or you're, or you're missing the goose and you get that in your, with your opening once upon a time. So. Yeah, bit of a ridiculous card. Who, who yeah, has thought I can free proudly say or... I've never cast a once upon a time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can Probably proudly say will. I've I've rarely paid mana for a once upon a time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, card is is excellent, and you know to round out the compliment of Green Veil vale of Summer was such a strong answer to all the cards that answered what green was doing so it's the, it, the green you know, cryptic command for one mana exactly <laughs> draw, draw a card counter a spell for one yeah. mana uh, absolutely <laughs> awesome um but yeah it, any kind of uh black disruption um counter spells whatever like it just shut down so much stuff and it was so cheap and it just caused massive blowouts for a deck that was already very very powerful so well there's a lot deck of building cost in adding uh noxious grasp right so you're like okay i'm prepared for this oko deck and uh, you know i'm just going to get him with my noxious grasp and you go oh he's got he's got that oko rep sweet i'll uh i'll hit it now and they go no i'll just tap my goose and uh, i'll uh, i'll draw a card thanks with my uh with my veil of summer and it's like i've i've weakened my deck potentially against a big chunk of the field to answer this and they've just and the rules are like the rules clearly state that they always have. <laughs> they always, always have Veil of Summer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and, it, like, often you can just cycle it. Like, if you if your opponent's not targeting your creatures or doing anything that you can actually use the Veil of Summer, like the, the Hexproof ability and that sort of stuff on, if they're casting uh, blue or black spells, you can just cast it at the end of their turn and just draw a card. So, it's very rarely dead, which... Uh, yeah, makes it a, a, a bit of a ridiculous card. So I think we all expected Oko to be gone. Yep. I think that's yeah, interesting, that was though, because um, listening to a couple of different podcasts throughout the last week or so, uh, a lot of them were sort of thinking that they won't actually go and ban it because it's the, the face of the set. Yeah. Uh, that, that sort of seemed to be the consensus. But um, yeah, yeah, they banned Emrakul a couple of sets ago and things but like that. Similar to what they've done here with Oko, they waited a long time before they banned Emrakul. They banned everything around Emrakul, and then eventually they got to a point where like, uh, okay, yes, Emrakul still is a problem. All right, we'll ban it. So oh, They did the same with Hogak as well. Yep. Yeah, and, yeah, and you can understand that from their point of view. Like, they still yeah, want to sell packs. And- it's well, business. I mean, yeah. it's, well, it's... From a, a, a consumer perspective as well, right? Like, you, you're this kid who goes to the magic shop and he buys one pack and he cracks this sweet mythic and the guy behind the counter goes, oh, sucked in. That doesn't do anything anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't right? go back to that shop well, if that's what he said. But. Well, you know. But, and, that's a and like, you can just, shop owner. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Can't even play it in Brawl now. Oh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Chris, uh, we mentioned consumers. Uh, I know you have an interest in the um, in the you know, the finance side of, of cards. Have you seen uh, a particular plummet through the floor of uh, prices with these bannings? Uh, I haven't looked... I haven't looked really closely, to be honest, because I've just been... And I think a lot of people who are kind of plugged into that scene have been pretty careful when it comes to all of these cards. Like, these are just on the hot list of they're going to get banned. And so... It's yeah, like a like, sell rather than buy yeah, scenario, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I think a lot of people who are switching. Veil of Summer is a funny one because it's an uncommon. So, it's kind of, yeah, like, it's had a much higher print run. It's just a, a lower value card. That being said, it was, like, crazy expensive for an uncommon. Um, but I have I actually haven't checked in on prices okay. since the since but the bannings. But, um, Veil of Summer will see playing a lot more... Um, a lot more formats, I guess. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's it's okay, capped, seeing play in it's capped with its uncommon status, though. Well, oh, okay, okay. Okay, seeing play in playing vintage. vintage. Yeah, <laughs> did, did you see that thing on Twitter where someone was yes. attacking with a black lotus that was? Yeah. A he won the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Won so good. That's it's like awesome. the most expensive. Elk. You could buy an actual elk for cheaper than <laughs> that black lotus. <laughs> oh, I could just see someone rather than using tokens. Here's my elk. <laughs> 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 that's that's I, I some next concede. level cosplay that is <laughs> yeah yeah so I was, uh, we're, 
we all expected Oko. That wasn't a surprise. Once upon a time, I think most people were pretty okay with that being banned. As as we said, it just improved that consistency a bit too much. Veil of Summer was a, probably a little bit of a surprise banning, but everyone can see why uh, why it was gone. And, and yeah, th- those three cards going brings the power level of green down quite a bit, opens up standard. Legacy, like, I mean, we don't really play play Legacy that much, but I know why uh, Renin 6 was a problem. <laughs> Just wa- yeah. wasteland locking people was... Well, and it stopped all the one uh, toughness creatures. Yeah, of it just it hit bunch. all the good stuff. Yeah, like yeah. It so it just Thalia took out Thalia and, Thalia and, yeah. and yeah, it was a whole whole stack of stuff. You couldn't play any more young pyromancer delvers. Um, it just made the the delver decks become four color delver decks, and they could just do everything. But yes, killing your opponent's land every turn for free, yeah, pretty is good. awesome. While, while yeah. ticking, <laughs> it ticks him up, doesn't it? Ren and six, you tick up to return a land from your graveyard. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, tick up to return. Yeah. How many of those were you playing in your land stack, Chris, or, if, or you hadn't had a chance to update? Didn't have a chance to update, but it would have been a four of. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Yep. Card is busted. Yep. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably been fairly welcomed by the legacy community. The other thing to mention was uh, the the weekly Pioneer ban updates that they're doing. Uh, they did that separate from, from the standard ban announcement, and they, they've come out and said they're not banning anything this week they're, they're happy for the moment and they'll keep sort of watching how things are going um we did i don't know if uh, that was mentioned on the previous cast but veil of summer was banned in pioneer that was last week i think that was between casts yeah i don't think we had a chance to talk about that yeah one. okay so yeah veil, veil of summer was banned in uh, in pioneer as well so yeah i've the, been playing a little bit of pioneer standard. i've been playing a little bit of pioneer and like thought sees is one of the best cards in the in the format and people were just main decking Veil of Summer and you know they go like turn one land go and I'd go turn one land thought seize and they go Veil of Summer you and I'm like oh okay it's game one and yeah. yeah so I'm pretty happy to see that go yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a pretty ridiculous card it's funny uh, I was talking to a guy at work today who plays a little bit of magic and we were chatting about the bands and he's like I don't understand why they hit Veil of Summer I was like really? I was like man it's just too efficient it turns off too many things it stops your spells being counted he's like yeah i was really happy about that he <laughs> just hates his yeah, spells if you're being green clad, it's fantastic right <laughs> yeah che- chewy pays two life goes down a card and the green player takes no damage doesn't lose a card and draws a card yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's uh that's not that's a chef's kiss moment right there <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's it yeah so yeah they they put out their standard article that they do from uh, Ian Duke who is Reed Duke's brother in case you didn't know that sort of detailing why they've done the bans that sort of stuff so they, they did a pretty good job of explaining that we'll, I'll link that in the show notes as well it's definitely worth a read they also I don't know if any of you guys saw but they released some uh, I don't know if it was one or two articles from like the play design team or, or someone like that where they discussed you know, how their testing process and that sort of stuff works and why they've missed, like, Oko and, and, and how they sort of didn't see that these cards are going to be so powerful. Did, did any of you guys see that? No, I didn't yep. get a chance. Oh, okay. I, I read some of that. They were talking about Field of the Dead and how they thought it would be a nice little combo at the end of Standard with Scapeshift mm. to just kind of have that combo kill thing. And then they just didn't think, oh, this Golos deck might be a real thing. So, it was interesting. Yeah. Worth so, like, they, they often, when a set's about to... Like when you're about to get the rotation, the set just before that rotation, they'll plant things in there. And, and you see that a lot with uh, like the creature types. Like in M20, there was a lot of vampires and, and merfolk and things like that. that were, yeah, that were calling back to Ixalan that was about to rotate out. And it just kind of gives that little last refresher. Yeah, it of, stops of the format being cards. stale, right? Yeah. And then, and then those old cards rotate out, and and so those new cards aren't relevant. And that, and yeah, that's what they thought Field of the Dead was going to be with Scape Shift just before it rotated. And yeah, turns out you don't need Scape Shift; you can uh, just play it the other way. So, but yeah, worth worth a read. Uh, I'll see if I can find that one as well. Maybe the other thing that was interesting in that article is they were talking about the fact that they were really happy with the power level of, of power level of Eldrain, and that's kind of where they're targeting for. And they admitted yeah, that you a know higher level. Yeah, so they're really looking to continue pushing standard for the next couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Because the Ixalon block is considered to be fairly flat in terms of power level. There were some, you know, good cards in there, but none of them were like Oko level busted or, you know, like any of those other things that have just got banned. So it'll be interesting to see if they can walk that line. 
before yeah. we before we jump into the next topic, what is everybody's uh, thoughts on the next best deck with that with that deck kind of that engine gone? Well, that, Who that, think that kind of is the next topic? <laughs> oh, <laughs> just what a segue! Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, for me, I, I think it's got to be the fires of invention, right? So team of wreck, maybe team of wreck. Yeah, cats, playing- cats sacrifice. Yeah. So yeah. they had maybe that like cat food. For for the people Cat on Twitter food. that sort of pay attention to stuff, there's probably a week, maybe two weeks ago, uh, Twitch announced a tournament out of the blue that they were going to hold the day after the ban restricted announcement. So Twitch Twitch rivals they they run events, they do streamer events and all that sort of stuff, um, and they announced a, a seventy five thousand dollar tournament that they were going to hold the day after the ban restricted that, that was actually run announcement. Today. Yeah, or it finished today. Um, it was done. It was done over yep. two days, um, and they basically put a put a call out there. I, I, I think they might have put in a player list to start with, and then they opened up slots for people to apply. But basically, you had to be a streamer with a minimum number of viewers and, and all that sort of stuff, because you know they're obviously trying to promote their um, their product and whatever. Um, but yeah, they so they ended up with two hundred and seventy five players that played on day one, and then today, you know, Australian time, they um, they finished the top thirty-two with a single elimination bracket, but yeah, it was um, it was quite to interesting Mike to see for taking it down. Yeah, yeah, Siggy Siggy won. If um, shout out to his podcast, the Pro Points podcast. It's a, an, another good one to listen to. Not not quite as good as ours, you know. They don't quite have the <laughs> yeah, skills. When you finish this episode, maybe look them up. Yeah. The guy who came <laughs> second at the last Mythic Championship, the guy who commentated the most recent Twitch Rivals, and the guy who won Twitch Rivals. There, they're just <laughs> hey, all. Hey, you've got scrubs. a guy on your podcast that skips through his turn accidentally on Magic Arena. <laughs> 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 Do you reckon we could get Siggy and send you over there, Shorty? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> So yeah, they had um obviously that was the first chance that we've we've had, like literally straight after the banner restricted announcement to see what we're gonna get, what decks people are gonna build, what what the metagame's gonna shake out, and the Jeskai Fires deck was the uh the highest represented deck in that tournament. I think there was twenty seven copies of it. Um yeah, just looking at the metagame now. So twenty twenty seven copies of Jeskai Fires and then yeah, Team of Reclamation and then a few aggro decks, the Jun Cat. Uh, cat decks, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it, like there was a ton of different decks. Um, all the deck lists are up on MTG Goldfish. So, it's definitely worthwhile having a look through there. But, yeah, quite quite a diverse metagame. Um, my pick for what would have been the best deck straight after the ban would be Jeskai Fires as well. I know, Chewy, you've been playing uh, quite a bit of that. Well, you've been playing that deck for quite a while now. You've done, done a few videos. Have you had a chance yeah, to awesome. play it since the bans? Uh, just... Uh Jumping on ladder for like the odd game or two here and there, and still feels good. Yep, still feels really good. I had I had a really sweet game where um, my opponent was uh, mono red playing the um, the what's the other red enchantment that we were talking about earlier? Cavalcade. <laughs> no, no, the four no. mana one. Experiments um, frenzy. 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 That's yeah. the one. <laughs> yeah, so he kind of went nuts with that, and um, he had I don't know nine or ten other permanents in play, and um, my my turn consisted of casting the the red um, cavalier, and then wiping his board and giving my thing life link with Defen and Clarion, and and attacking, and yeah, it was pretty nice to win that game. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I am. Am I dead? No. Okay, I win. Yeah. Uh, yeah it was. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's like this mid range control deck that just goes, oh, no, I win. Yeah, has, you know, has just got that combo button. finish. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So the the next most represented deck was Team of Reclamation. I know, Chris, you played like in previous standard. You were playing quite a bit of Team of Rec. Uh, I, yeah. I played a bit of it myself. But what do you reckon that's going to be like, sort of going forward from here? Um, I don't know. It's, it feels like it's pretty easy. Like, it feels like it's easier to target that deck than it is something like Jeskai Fires. So, um, it also doesn't feel as broken with Nexus not in the format and that kind of thing as well. It's, it's still a really strong deck and like, I'm not sure what the current builds are, but if I assume it's expansion explosion, Niv Mizzet, um, like that, that's a very, very powerful end game. Um, so 
I, I really like it. I like anything that's got a lot of mana and a lot of big <laughs> things that you can do. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the deck is definitely sweet. And I've been playing that a little bit on Arena as well and having moderate success, I'd say. So yeah. I played, think the deck I is definitely games good. this week of it and same thing. It was like, yeah, like when it works, it's super powerful. And, oh, I just, you know, shot you down for 20 with my my uh, expansion explosion and then you go up against a, a you know gruel aggro deck and they get a quick start and you're just dead and you've got absolutely no chance so yeah yeah i'm not, I'm not def- sure definitely how missing a sweeper like a cheap sweeper yeah, yeah, in like its colors there's flame sweep but it only deals two damage and that's not yeah. enough like, yeah you, you we really need Anger of the Gods. That would be fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) Going going back to Theros in January, that would be really nice to get that reprinted. Oh, it exiles their cat. It does. Yeah. (laughs) So, what do you boys think about, like, Esper Hero becoming a thing again now? I hate Esper. (laughs) I I know, but but as far as, like, having the tools, if if we're going to start seeing a bunch of decks that are playing four mana enchantments again, then Mortify is a really nice, clean answer for hitting that. Yeah. So is Simic Flash. Or mono blue tempo, or mono sure. red. Like if, yeah, um, like they're those decks are super powerful. But I think it's important that you're able to get under them. If they have that sweeper, then they are too good. I think so. Having that vulnerability, I think, is actually good for the format. Yeah, I, th- I think Who, who's vulnerable. Sorry. So the like the those teamer decks and, and such having those four mana enchantments. Yes. If they if they can go like I'll I'll kill all your dudes and like the reason that um the Jeskai deck I think is so good is because of Deafening Clarion. Yeah. Like it, it gives th- them that three damage um, sweeper. That three damage as well as the you know randomly giving you things life link to get out of range. But yeah. mainly it's like on turn three I can either cast my Teferi because that's a good card in the matchup, or I can sweep your Edgewell Innkeeper and your you know your whatever other creatures that you're trying to beat me down with, uh, and then I can just take over the game from there. Um, I think the team Erect deck is bigger and more powerful again, and if that had a you know if that could reliably splash white and blow everything up with clarion then i think it would be a negative for the format i think it'd be too good it would just become the best deck and we'd just have like that field of the dead scenario all over again no but that's what i'm talking about like basically now that veil of summer's been banned i mean thought erasure is a spell again absorb is a spell like there are all these new you know like tools that we had a couple of months ago that uh just basically stop seeing play because the green decks were so dominant. So I'm just wondering whether like these Esper Hero decks, which, you know, they're playing what Hero of Precinct 1, which makes a 1-1 token every time you cast a multicolor spell, right? You can just throw out just stacks of, you know, early blockers and, and defense, but has a really strong late game. So I wonder whether that will become like control as a thing again. Be yeah, interesting to see I, what I can comes definitely from, see control coming MC. back. Yeah. Speaking of which... We have another Mythic Championship coming up. We do. <laughs> While we're talking about standards. So, <laughs> we've had three, this will be three in the space of like two months or something like that. Like, it's ridiculous how many how many we've got going on. Um, but yeah, there is another Mythic Championship coming up in December. So, Chewy, what do you think? How do you think we're going to go in this one? Uh, yeah. So, I've been really enjoying the, the Mythic Championships that are arena-based. Uh, I've been... Like, it's, it's something fresh and new and, you know, maybe it'll become the norm and we're kind of used to it. But at the moment, um, I, I've genuinely been uh, enjoying that coverage. Um, so, this one is, I think it's like Long Beach or something. So, yeah, um, it's, uh, you know, there'll be palm trees, I'm sure. Um, on the, uh, yeah, the first weekend in December, on the December 6th to 8th. Um, and, yeah, all, all arena bases are 68 players some of the invites get weird um, as to who who goes i think the the last time they did one of these smaller events the somebody won a mythic championship which was uh modern and they won it with the humans deck and then just didn't get invited to the next mythic championship which because it was arena based 64 68 players it was a bit strange but yeah slightly different yeah, I, th- I think that was the invitational or oh it might have been it was just a bit odd yeah. yeah um but you know it's there's logistically obviously having uh arena rather than just like tables with a couple of chairs it's um a lot harder to set up so i do understand that 
but um, it's a, a modified Swiss event. So it's a little bit different to uh, your traditional for, um, sort of format where they just, you know, you, uh, you play someone on the same record and, you know, as soon as you get to a certain amount of losses, you're kind of out. So what they do is they, um, they have like a, an upper and a lower bracket and then they uh, throughout the first two days and you get to a certain number of match wins and uh, you can progress. And then it's a, a double elimination top eight, which I think is really cool. And you see that in a lot of other esports. It's a really common thing that's, um, that's been adopted. Like if you watch a, a Dota event or a League of Legends or something, it's all fairly common um, as far as that, that sort of format goes. But yeah, I think it was quite confusing for Magic players that hadn't watched that sort of stuff the first couple of times they did it because I didn't know what a double elimination was. And, you know, they did a good job of explaining it on the coverage, but yeah. I saw a lot of people going, oh, it was so weird that he, you know, he had to win twice and he lost, but then he was still in and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, but if you actually yeah. read how it works, it's pretty simple it's, it's and, pretty it, and it's a good system. Yeah, and I enjoy its fresh uh, fresh faces on the coverage as well. I think uh, the Paper Magic co- uh, coverage team does really well, and there is some crossover, but having the streamers doing coverage like um, Brian Kibler and uh, Alias V and Day9 as, you know, complementing like your Riley Knights and, uh, and those guys, it's, um, you know, new voices and, um, uh, you know, new perspectives, and I, I really do enjoy that, and I spoke on the previous cast like the way that they do the in-between match coverage rather than having you know bdm in the middle of a noisy auditorium trying to interview players they've you know they've got them captive on stage uh and the the uh that is more enjoyable as it's more enjoyable as a, a viewing experience uh both the gameplay and the coverage itself obviously it's not as big and it's not as um you know it's a little more exclusive so it loses some of the um you know they're not as epic if that's the you know the, the right word to use but they the exclusivity of them being you know such a small number of players and like that high concentration of like you know the really elite players makes them you know you see some really good gameplay and um what they are really is a an advertisement for arena and yeah, pretty much it and, and if they advertise Arena and they make a bunch of money off Arena, which lets them develop Arena uh, and make it, you know, as good as it can be, then I guess I'm okay with that too. So uh, I enjoy watching it and I play Arena and if the, the, this pays for them to do the dev in Arena, then it's a win-win. I'd like to be one of the players that gets invited. You get seven and a half grand for turning up. <laughs> Just for rocking up, yeah. Just for yeah. arriving at the... They fly you to California, you get seven and a half thousand dollars. Yeah, and a hundred K first price too is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, I so. mean, it's, it's, a, it's a legit thing. You can almost buy a, a black elk, a black lotus. So, it's, uh, <laughs> almost, almost. Uh, so. You could ride in on an elk. Yeah. <laughs> get plenty of clout Maybe for you- that. Maybe hi- maybe <laughs> hire an elk amino from the... Yeah, no? no? Okay. Uh, we'll edit that bit out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this will be... It's it's going to be a standard tournament, so we'll get to see new standard... Yeah, the top... Basically, the top 32-ish players, like MPL players, are, are there, and then there's a whole bunch of other people that have qualified, and then there's some streamers and things like that who have um, also been invited. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but Chris, Chris Bacool is actually one of the people that got invited, so hey. yeah, that's yeah, pretty sweet. good to see the meddling mage on a, on a big stage as well. Okay, so if he tops eight, top eights this event, does he... Is he Hall well, of Fame eligible? I haven't actually announced what the Hall of Fame is. I think this year was the last of the current version of the Hall of Fame. Oh, that's right. Correct. So, we don't know what's happening from here. And Poor Chris Bacula. Yeah. Because <laughs> guarantee you he'll win it and he'll be like, come on, come on, put me in, put me in. It's like, oh, we're not doing the Hall of Fame anymore. Sorry. Yeah, everyone will be like, sorry, man, it's got to be 128 player minimum yeah, yeah. for it to count. <laughs> So, Scott, just, just for, your, for your reference and for anybody else who doesn't know, Chris Pakula is a, a very well-known Magic player from back in the day. He he has one of those signature cards uh, that is Meddling Mage uh, and he's, you know, re- really popular, was really good in his prime and basically just missed out on getting into the Magic Hall of Fame and then kind of dropped off in his performance and, you know, life um, took over and all that sort of stuff. So, he, he sort of 
wasn't as involved. And he's had a couple of times in in uh, since then when he's managed to get back to the Pro Tour. He had like a special invite to one Pro Tour, things like that. And it was like, if you can just get in another Pro Tour top eight, you'll be locked in. Like people will vote you in for the Hall of Fame. And he just, he's never quite been able to get there. And every time they do the Hall of Fame voting, he's always in the discussion. You know, he should be in there and there's all people advocating for him and things like that, but he just can't quite in, quite get in there. So, If you yeah. haven't watched it, the uh, the Enter the Battlefield series, it's on YouTube, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the Enter the Battlefield series uh, does a, uh, a bit of a segment on him and it's really worth a watch if you haven't. So, Scott, check that out. And, um, yeah, it's a bit of a uh, bit of insight and a bit of history to the Pro Tour anyway. So, hmm. uh, so he's, he's like the Gary Ablett of the Wizards of the Coast. Oh, never want to flag. Yep. <laughs> Gary yeah. Senior. Yep. Yeah, Senior. <laughs> yep. For all those American listeners out there who've got no I idea, no who, idea is. who Gary Evelyn is. That's <laughs> right. They can't understand us anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> all those American play all those American people will be Googling Australian rules football now and going they're doing that without pads. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I I'm I'm expecting from this tournament, I'm expecting it to be quite diverse. Um, especially with the streamers and things like that who come in, you do get a lot of people that they're there to promote themselves and so they want to play a deck that's a, a little bit out of the norm, you know, so that they potentially win a few games and get a bit more coverage and, and things like that with a funky deck and then that gets them a bit a little bit more notoriety and, and that sort of stuff. So it tends to be a little bit more diverse for that reason anyway, um, but... I'm not seeing – I don't think any of the decks, unless unless you guys think I'm wrong, I don't think any of these decks that we're seeing at the moment will be, you know, 30% of the metagame or 40% or anything like that, so, unless – Potentially, like, the Fires of Invention, I, I, I'm tipping 20, 20%, uh, but not, not 40 to – like, not the numbers that we've seen with yeah. um, with Field of the Dead and Oko, but – and having, having, you know, a consensus be- best deck at 20% of the metagame is fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 20, 20% of the consensus, consensus best deck is perfectly fine. Say consensus best deck 10 times really <laughs> no, fast. I couldn't yeah. even say it once. <laughs> I actually think that even if it did spike to like 40 or 50%, you could just write it off as both a small field and anomalous because the ban list was updated such a short time beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. It would not be a cause for panic. You shouldn't be going. Oh, ban fires of invention, or, or ban the cat, or whatever. Like it'll just be. Yeah, that's a blip because we haven't actually worked out what the metagame is going to be yet. Yeah, and, and but the reality I don't expect is that after, will happen after this Mythic Championship. I don't think there's any major events. <laughs> I know, like Star City's already run their invitationals and things like that, and and it's Christmas time, so there's not going to be major events and and things going on pretty much until the Theros set comes out in in January. So. Yeah, even if it is a little bit lopsided, it, it should still be fine and people shouldn't be out with the pitchforks again too much. But it's magic players, so they're always out with pitchforks for, for some reason or another. There is one other important event coming up on that same weekend. And there is. Hey, Chris. Yes, what are you Cracker. Doing? Yeah, what are you doing that weekend, man? Are you still there, Chris? <laughs> he's he's <laughs> been asleep. Did you make a coffee in that break or something, man? Or? Just went and put the kids to bed. Yeah. He's been Chewy's talking. Hey, be a while. <laughs> yeah, so uh, same, Just same weekend. Just KCI and we can stop for 20 minutes. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh. Ouch. Ouch. Savage. So, uh, yeah, same, same weekend as the MC. I'm not going to be plugged in and watching the MC because I'm going to be going up to the... Uh, once a year GP that we get down under, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, which uh, happens to be in Brisbane. So uh, we're all of all of us lads are based in Melbourne. So Brisbane's about a two hour flight uh, north of where we are. So I'll be flying up there with my younger brother actually, um, and we're both going to be hitting up the Brisbane GP on the weekend of the sixth of the eighth. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, are you playing the main event or are you just, uh, just going to collect uh, a case of boosters for the <laughs> plane trip home like we normally do? I'm running a vendor booth. No, no. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I made the call. I, standard really wasn't sparking my interest. So, um, and the, this GP is a standard GP. So, yeah, decided to not play the main event and I will just be, um, yeah, up there jamming side events, having a good time and hopefully... Crushing, crushing some side events and getting some prizes. You worked out what to play in modern yet? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good, but, good. Yeah. So being, no, it's, being, it's not like you're limited to what deck you can play, Chris. <laughs> oh, so many options. Too many <laughs> yeah, options. Option um, anxiety. <laughs> so um, no, I, I've been uh, over the last few weeks trying to play test a little bit uh, and getting in. Uh, unfortunately, since between well, not unfortunately, probably fortunately, since um, booking in to go to the GP Pioneer has also been announced, and mm. I think there's going to be a bunch of Pioneer events, which I'm really excited about playing too. So then, I'm getting distracted with Pioneer decks and brews there, as well as like I was originally planning to play Modern, and I think I still will play Modern. So uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a bit scattered to be honest, <laughs> but. Uh, that's okay. I'm, I'm just going to go up and have a blast and play Magic all weekend. Yeah. So for, for um, people who don't know, so the the Grand Prix is what they now call them. It's a Magic Fest, uh, which is the it's a Grand Prix, yeah, Grand Prix at a Magic, at a Magic Fest. Fest. Um, so mm. the Grand Prix is the main event, and yeah, it's it's usually a big tournament in Australia. Uh, varies how many people we get. Like we've played in some in Australia that are over a thousand people. Um, we've also played in some in Australia that are like four hundred people. So it sort of sort of varies and can depend on whether it's limited or what, what the format is, that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, we've, over the years, we've, as a group, we've done quite a few of them, and, and they're always good fun, like playing in the main event, but it's not just the main event that's on. So there, there'll be the main event of Standard, which will start on the Saturday and will run all day Saturday. And if you have a record of, is it six and three, or does it go six and two? Uh, it's a six wins or something like that on day yeah, one. Yeah, I think it's six X. You, you make it into day two if you don't, get enough wins, then you're out of the tournament. You play day two, uh, and if you get into the top eight, you then play a top eight. So it's it's a really long weekend and really draining. Um, but aside from that main event, there are side events that run. They start on Friday morning uh, and run all the way up until Sunday evening, and they run heaps of stuff. So this, this is what we've done a few times when we've gone to events uh, to – Grand Prix and Magic Fest that we didn't want to play the main event. And like Chewie said, you, you play in these side events and you win tickets and like you do at time zone and that sort of thing. And you use those tickets to buy booster packs. And we've done a pretty good job in the last few we've been to of all coming home with at least a box each. And it's it kind of, you know, makes it feel like you spent your money on something. <laughs> yeah. It, I really actually really enjoy what because if we get a bunch of us and we we all you know go oh we'll pull our tickets as a team and like you're you're playing for more than just yourself you're like oh, I've got to win because you know I've got to contribute to the team but also like if you have a bit of a stinker which I've certainly had um, you go oh well, the rest of the team did well and you, you know I still got something out of it. Yeah, and there are other times where, you know, and they have, like, double-up events where it's the same entry fee, but you win double tickets. So, I'm, I'm, I'm the last one that was in Melbourne, I was, like, had a stinker, had a stinker, and then crushed the double-up one. So, it's like, oh, sweet, you know, I've contributed. It's it's really good. So, um, but that team sort of feel about it uh, when, it, when you know, when there's a group of us is, uh, I really do enjoy that. It's yeah. good fun. It used to work yeah, a bit better fun. when you could, you actually got a discount, like you could buy, it's normally 10 tickets gets you one booster pack and there's, there's 36 booster packs in a booster box. So you would, it would normally be 360 tickets to get a booster box, but they used to have discounts where you could buy a box for 300 tickets. So yeah, if you pulled all your tickets together, then you, you'd actually get a discount and, and work out even better for you. They've seems to have done away with that since uh, Channel Fireball have taken over. They're a little bit more money hungry, I think. Um, but yeah, either way, pulling, like Chewie said, it means that even if you have a bad year or whatever, you, you're still part of your team and it, it helps you out. So if you're, if you're living, Anywhere in Queensland, uh, especially around Brisbane, uh, make sure you, you go and check it out. I think a lot of newer players uh, get scared off of those big events because they you know they think, oh, no, that's for people that know what they're doing, whatever. But there's so many things you can do at, at these events. Um, you know, there are a million different side events. Commander, they run Commander all day, every day. Drafts, Sealed, Chaos Sealed, Chaos Drafts, uh, Pioneer, Modern, Standard, Legacy, Pauper, everything. They run everything all, all day, every day. So even, even if you if just want to... Sorry, yeah, even if you don't play, like it's worth just going and just like being there for a couple of hours. Like the, yeah, the vendors yeah, just go and check are, it out. are great. You pick up some good bargains and there's just like, it's just a room full of hundreds and or a thousand magic players. They're all there because they love the game and you just walk around and you, you it's, it's a... Uh, an awesome sort of 
uh, there's a buzz. It's like a convention, right? Like it, like Scott, you went to PAX the other week. It's that same sort of buzz uh, that you get at these events. It's it's really cool. Yeah. So, Chris, you're going to do, I assume you'll do the Constructed Master uh, pass? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've pre-booked the, I think it's like Constructed Fanatic, um, which, yeah, gives you entry to five Constructed side events, um, including the double-ups that we were talking about. So, um I will work out what combination of which formats I'm going to play, but it basically allows me to play um, whatever constructed side events are on offer, whether it's pioneer or standard or modern. So, um, yeah, it'll be heaps of fun. I will. I'll be there donning a Magic Beans T-shirt. So if you see a really big dude wearing a Magic Beans T-shirt, that'll be me. Come say hi. T-shirt? Where'd you get a T-shirt from? Yeah, it's custom. Really. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Whoa, 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 hang on now. <laughs> yeah, look out for that. Hang on, hang you on, heard hang it on. first here. Yeah. <laughs> check, check out our merch store. Going broke. <laughs> Can't wear a hoodie. It's like forty <laughs> degrees here. It's crazy. True that. Yeah, we've made that mistake before. <laughs> we, we, we all went to Sydney with our hoodies on, thinking, "Oh yeah, we'll, we'll be a team with our hoodies on," and it was like forty degrees, and none of us could wear hoodies. Yeah. So. But yeah, def- definitely should be a good weekend. We'll be looking forward. Hopefully, we can get you back on, Chris, when you get back and you can give us a rundown on how you went. I'm sure, maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast, but I'm sure you will make some purchases over the weekend. So, uh, yeah, I hope I'll, you, I'll you definitely well be browsing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it'll be a good event, and yeah, you'll get to uh, you, you never know. You may, maybe take some standard decks, and you can jump in a standard side event. But I'm tipping you end up playing Pioneer and, and Modern for the whole weekend, and yeah, hopefully your brother Matt has a good weekend as well. So, speaking of him, actually, we're we're drafting with him yeah. tomorrow night. For, for I hope Matt, yeah. I hope Matt crushes it. He told me that he put Teferi in his uh, infect deck, so yeah, he's just going to get people a weekend. It's going to be good. Yeah, but yeah, drafting, drafting with Matt. Sorry. Yeah, we, we, we won't go into that. We, we're already going along. So the last thing we wanted to touch on is just we've mentioned it a few times tonight uh, and over the previous cast is the, the Mogul tournament that I've been playing in. The rest of the guys signed up on and I don't think any of you guys actually ended up playing a nope. <laughs> payment <laughs> challenge. So uh, yeah, just to give a quick update, I, uh, I managed to get my way all the way up to 11th on the ladder. You know, I was really happy about that, really proud, all that sort of thing. And basically, since then, I've done everything I possibly can to end up out of the finals. <laughs> uh, so, t- tonight, as of recording, we're recording this on Thursday, the cutoff for the ladder, the ladder ends at 3 a.m., I think it is, on Friday morning. So, it's basically the end of the ladder. I'm currently sitting in 29th place. <laughs> And the cutoff cutoff is 30. So, (laughs) I have a a game to play tonight. So, by the time you listen to this podcast, my game will be played. If I lose, I will drop down to 30th. So, I'm still in. So, that's okay. But there is a game that has been played, I think, while we've been recording this podcast. And I have not checked the result yet. So, if the person below me on the ladder wins their game that, that's probably just been played, that will drop me down another position. So I will be sitting in 30th before I play my match, which means I have to win my match to stay in. So if I continue playing the way I've been playing, I will end up in 31st position. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> come on, win and in, win and in. <laughs> I've got some advice for you. Just Don't just win. skip your turns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's, how it's, quickly can you check the results of the last game? I could check it. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. I'm not, not going to do it now. I'll, I'll let you guys know later. But it's been good. Um, I, I definitely it, there's been they've made a few changes along the way. Actually, originally it was top 32, and I don't know when they made the change, but they made a change to make it only top 30. And the last two slots, they're doing some sort of playoff event this weekend. So if I do end up outside of the top 30, I could potentially get in on that. So, yeah, I, I was feeling pretty comfortable, but now I'm, I'm pretty close. But it's been good. I mean, it was a free event. There's, um, you know, there was no entry fee. And if I end up in the top 32, I get, you know, a Razor mouse and a hundred bucks and a gift box or something like that. So, if you can't complain about that. But, yeah, I'll definitely be keeping my eye out for more of those sorts of things in the future. And hopefully the rest of you slackers can actually get on there and, uh, and play some tournaments and get the get the name of the beans out there and, and get a, a few of us up in the the tops of the ladder. So I haven't been at home while my wife's looking after <laughs> yeah, I know, baby. Yeah, I know you've been right? working so, a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what deck are you playing? 
Uh, so I'm I'm going to play the Jund Sacrifice deck tonight. That's I've nice. been been playing that the last few days. I, I kind of I, I sort of we chatted a little bit about it on our Discord during the week once the bands came out. I, I kind of identified like you got you said Chewy that Jesco Fires is probably the the next best deck. But because I'd sort of already been playing Simic and Sultai and that sort of stuff, those were the cards I'd had and that's what I'd spent all my wild cards on. And uh. the Jeskai Fires deck just needed so many wild cards. I've actually got like 25 mythic wild cards, but I only have two rare wild cards. <laughs> so, I can't get the rares I need, which is which is a bit of a problem. So, it was a pretty easy transition into the Jund Jun deck, so yeah, I think I'll just stick with that. I'm really hoping, crossing my fingers, that when I check this result, it went it went in the right way, and it doesn't matter if I win or lose, <laughs> and then I'm then I'm all good. But still, keep, try and win though, right? I would definitely be trying to win. I, I don't want to be that person in thirtieth place, and uh, yeah, need need those bragging rights for for the beans. So keep an eye out on Twitter and Facebook and that sort of stuff, and we'll yeah, you'll see us on there and. Hopefully we can make it one of us into into the finals and yeah get our get our name out there. So I think that's pretty much going to do us for tonight. We've uh, we've gone for a little while. We we managed to get through all the topics we wanted, and it's the podcast isn't too long, but yeah, it's been been a good one and good to have uh, the the whole bunch of beans back again. Uh, we we haven't had that for a little while, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can get that a bit more often. So. We will do another podcast again in two weeks, so definitely keep an eye out for that. But if you want to get in contact with us between now and then, you can find us on the usual platforms and in the usual manners. So you can flick us an email, magicbeanscast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at magicbeanscast. Search for us on Facebook or YouTube. Just yeah, look for Magic Beans Cast or Magic Beans Podcast. Uh, Chewy, when was your last video you put up? Uh, last week, I think, uh, after the Mythic Championship, I played Gregor Kowalski's um, version of the Jesko Fires deck with the Fay of Wishes. It was pretty fun. So, yep. yeah, check that out. Cool. All right. Make sure you go and check that out. If you want to find me on Twitter to follow me, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. Cracker. Uh, Joel Hill underscore. Uh, Chris. Polly Waffle MTG. And Scott. At The Real Blaster. Very good. All right, well, that will do us for this week. Thank you again for listening. Make sure you spread the word, and we will see you next time. See you guys. See ya. See ya.